Hello and welcome to Dimensions of Imagination, the anthology TV podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Joey, and my other host is Jackie. Hello. And this is episode nine. Episode nine. And we have moved on. We were doing amazing stories before, and now we've moved on to Black Mirror, which is the uh, British dystopian science fiction anthology series created by Charlie Brooker. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know when it premiered? Um, December 2011. Okay, so it originally was on UK TV. Was it um, Channel 4? Channel 4 in the UK. And then eventually Netflix got wind of it and picked it up to give it more international mm-hmm. distribution. Um, I remember it was on Netflix before they had signed a deal to make more, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's how I had seen it, but I'd heard about it. Other people had told me about it for, for a while and it took a couple years for it to kind of take off over here. Um, the original couple seasons, the, uh, were very short. There was only three episodes in each, I think. And a lot of those were almost feature length in, in time. And then as it has moved over to Netflix, it seems like they've gotten shorter, uh, you know, more closer to the 30 minute mark on a lot of the episodes and, uh, there's more in volume mm-hmm. of them. Um, let's see. What is, is there um, anything else so from Charlie the- Brooker, um, was inspired by anthology series such as the twilight zone mm-hmm. when he wanted to write this. And, um, he developed it to highlight things that are our relationship as <clears throat> with, as people with technology. Right. And, so um, the basic, you can count on from almost all of the black mirror episodes. It's like, um, the story re- revolves around it being kind of set in the near, but believable future. There's a really technologically advanced piece of technology that you could imagine actually existing, and then uh, it kind of asks the question like, "What if this existed? What, what? How could this go wrong?" Most of the episodes are very dark um, and very kind of twisted and um, show the dark side of technology and and you know humans' relationship to technology. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting show. I think it's like one of the, it's probably the most worthy successor successor to the Twilight, original Twilight Zone of any show ever made, I think. I would say. High praise. Well, I just think that it is, it it is, it takes the innovation of like, you know, the the Twilight Zone existed, but before the Twilight Zone, nothing like that existed. Mm -hmm. I mean, little, little radio plays and and TV uh, plays and stuff like that, but. The Twilight Zone was so groundbreaking, and this takes a new twist on it that's mm-hmm. like equally as groundbreaking, I think, or, or close to it. I think that Rod Serling would probably be a big fan of Black Mirror. Um, you know, we won't know because he's been gone a long time, but yeah. um, it's, it is a really great series. And the great thing about Black Mirror is that you can truly jump around. You don't have to watch it in order. Um, there are some slight connections between some episodes, but none of them are important to the overall plot of mm-hmm. the episode. So, um, is that the all the housekeeping we need to do for that? You think? Yeah. Um. So we watched an episode entitled "The Entire History of You," which is from season one, episode three. Um. Joey picked this one. Yeah, I think that this episode is the quintessential Black Mirror episode. I'm not saying it's the best one or that it's the. I think it's just the best representation of what Black Mirror is mm-hmm. because. Um, there are other ones that have like a, a more that are more developed, I guess. But this one is pretty simple, and it t- asks the question: What if we were able to remember every single thing from our whole lives 
um, as if we had recorded it on a VCR and we could go back and rewind the tape mm-hmm. and watch any particular thing. And I think it asks a question that's, uh, it is believable because with the technology that we have, I mean, you have an Apple watch that you carry around mm-hmm. with you every day. It's not that far of a step from one of those to having one of these implants in your head that's in, in this episode. Right. Like what would happen if we were able to remember everything that we've ever done and what would the consequences of that be? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you want to go over the director. Yep. So um, originally this aired December 18th, 2011. Um, so the most current episode of anything we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by Jesse Armstrong. He was the first person to write an episode that wasn't Charlie Brooker. Is it Brooker or Booker? Don't know. Hold on. We, how did you have it written up in the notes up here? Brooker. Brooker. I think it's Brooker. Brooker. Sorry. I say Booker too sometimes. But. All right. So it was, but it was notable because he, this, in the first season of three episodes, this was one was not written by Charlie. It was directed by Brian Welsh. He had little industry experience at the time of filming, but he was recommended to direct by the producer, Arnie Rice or Reese. Reese, yeah. So there's um, three main characters in this story. We have um, Toby Kebble, who plays Liam Foxwell, and he's the person who kind of is the narrator, protagonist yeah, or the, the, main, protagonist. the main character. Yeah, um, he is notable. I guess he was in Doc- he was Doctor Doom and Fantastic Four. Oh, I guess that's I the most recent one that yeah. I didn't watch. Um, I could see him playing Doctor Doom. So uh, <laughs> he's like a he's a businessman. Um. Mm. I would say what, like late twenties, early thirties, probably like thirty. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, then we have Jodie Whittaker as his wife, Fionn Foxwell, and she is none other than the Thirteenth Doctor Who. Oh, okay. So that's the current Doctor mm-hmm. Who. I think I don't watch Doctor Who. And Who's, she um, was also on Broadchurch. Okay. So, and then we have Tom Cullen as um, a man named Jonas, and he, apparently he Tom Cullen. That's the character <laughs> from The Stand, Stephen <laughs> King. Um. Another show we're actually watching at the moment, but um, he was he did a stint on Downton Abbey. Okay. So, so uh, Tom is or Jonas want... is a friend. Um, I didn't explain who he was, but Jonas, oh yeah, Jonas, Jonas is, is the friend, friend of of Fionn. Fionn and spelled F F I O N. I guess that's some kind of traditional name, but um, yeah. So I'll, I'm just going to do a quick recap of this. The uh, this whole episode revolves around everyone has at birth an implant in their head called a grain. It looks like a grain of rice. I guess that's why it's called a grain. Mm-hmm. This grain records uh, memories. It records everything as if you're, uh, as if it's looking through your eyes. Now they don't really get into the details of how this works because it is possible to delete memories. Um, I assume that some memories are not allowed to be deleted, but I don't know. Um, because like there's there's all this we could go into the minutia of how this would work and the complications of it, but it it doesn't let that bog it down. Uh, we we are dealing with this guy Liam who is a lawyer, a young lawyer, and he's trying to get on with a firm, I guess. And I guess he's been doing work with this firm. It starts out with him in an interview, and they it it kind of goes awkwardly, and they keep talking about uh, what is it. A redo. They're like, we need to see a redo of your last whatever. And so they keep going on and on about this redo. Eventually he leaves and we figure out that the redo is the slang term, I guess, for replaying your memories from a certain period of time. Um, so he, he leaves. He doesn't feel good about this interview. He replays some of it. It shows us how the technology works because mm-hmm. he replays and zooms in to see people's facial expressions, etc. 
uh, he has left this meeting and he he goes home or he goes to he shows up at this uh, this dinner party. I guess he has like had to fly to this meeting and he's flying back because at the airport they check his they do a redo of him at the chair, at the airport. So we kind of see some of the consequences of this technology here. They want to see what his like exposure was to other people. Uh, presumably, if he had done anything wrong or you know it was a danger or anything, he gets on the plane. He goes home. He goes to this dinner party at uh, Fion's friend's house, and I guess these are friends of hers from college. That's uh, what it seems like. Yeah. And uh, so we go through this dinner, and Liam uh, notices this guy Jonas, who Fion is kind of interacting with in kind of a strange way. He's noticed it. It's it's obviously bothering him. Um, and we also have we interact with the rest of these uh, this friend dinner group. guests, yeah. yeah. And and in the interactions with the the friends at the dinner party, we kind of see how this technology has warped uh, everyone because there's almost like a nastiness amongst them mm-hmm. that sort of you're kind of like, what is wrong with these people? And what is wrong with them is that they have lived in this age where everything is recorded. So Mm -hmm. it changes the way they interact with other people. We can see this as a parallel to the internet, I guess the, you know, the Mm -hmm. people being born before the internet. Um, and this age of, um, influencers where you just put your social media, et cetera, which would be taking the internet to the next Mm -hmm. level. Um, and as someone, I was, you know, I can vividly remember the days before the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can remember being a young adult before the internet, and then I remember being a young adult after the internet. So it's kind of an interesting parallel to that. Um, they have this inner party. They have some awkward interactions, which we'll go into a little bit later um, in details. But um, then we leave this party, and Liam and Fion have obviously invited this guy, Jonas, uh, who's kind of made an ass of himself at this party. I mean, he's kind of a loud mouth. He's pretentious. Pretentious. He's bragging about his breakup or whatever. Like he's alternating between like trying to get sympathy for his breakup, but also mm-hmm. talking kind of trash about his ex or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't really know how closely Fionn and, and Jonas know each other, but they leave the party. They're going back home because they have a babysitter. It's because they have a child. Liam and, and Fionn have a child, and they, they need to go home to, to relieve the babysitter. But they awkwardly invite Jonas back to their house for a drink. Um, they argue with it as on the way back, and we see another important plot point about this grain thing. They argue about, oh, you didn't want him to come, but you, why did you invite him? And it's clear that you wanted him to be there. And so at some point they rewind their memories to see exactly, you know, what Mm -hmm. was said. And it it shows you that like, you cannot, you cannot lie or like sort of fudge the truth. Like you wouldn't a normal conversation or whatever. Um, because the memory is recorded. Mm -hmm. So they get back to the house and Liam awkwardly tells Jonas to leave. Like, sorry, we changed our mind. We got to go to bed. Um, and then we get into some more conflict between Fionn and Liam. And we figure out that, that Liam has a history of being jealous. There was some other, uh, interaction with some other man in Fionn's Mm -hmm. life. And it was a big problem. Later on in the episode, we find out it was a much bigger problem than they even present here because apparently they spent some time apart because of it. Um, they almost broke up because of it. But he has a real problem with jealousy. Uh, he also starts drinking when they get back to their house. 
And he doesn't stop for the rest of the episode. Right. He's just <laughs> on a bender the rest of the episode. Um, and then uh, it, the, they argue more, and it comes out that that, that uh, Fionn dated this guy. Mm-hmm. And originally she presented that as a fling, but then it's found out that he was Mr. Marrakesh, which means I assume that she met him in Marrakesh, Morocco on a vacation talking about about Jonas and they dated for a while and this really bothers Liam and he has a hard time thinking back to uh, how she reacted to Jonas when he arrived or when when he saw her at the party um, and she goes to bed and then uh, yeah it just keeps the rest of the episode is just him kind of spiraling down into this uh, jealousy and being drunk well, he, and he and, um has an altercation with Well, I Jonas. haven't gotten to that part yet. But well. <laughs> they're, they're, he's interacting like, you know, he's having a problem. He's and he's, he's antagonizing Fionn about it. He's pushing her for details that she doesn't want to reveal because she doesn't want to cause more of an, of an argument. And the next morning, he goes to uh, Jonas's house, and he demands to be let in, and he is drunk, really drunk, too drunk to be driving. He even has to waive his uh, insurance to drive the car. Um, because he is that drunk, I guess the car figures out based on your grain, how your, uh, you know, your, your blood alcohol level and everything. And he has this horrible confrontation with Jonas. Um, they fight, um, he smashes a bottle and almost cuts him with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to, they're, they're like, I guess the Jonas has a, how a, one night stand over and she's trying to call the police. Uh, eventually we cut to Liam has crashed into a tree. We don't really see what happened to end that confrontation, but he crashes into a tree and um, it is, he is hung up on the fact that he, he made Jonas erase his memories of Fionn. Mm-hmm. And in erasing the memories of Fionn, he noticed that, a painting that he had bought Fionn is in one of the backgrounds of one of the memories because you can see the thumbnail of it, which reveals to him that Jonas and Fionn have had an affair. Mm-hmm. And then he goes home, he confronts Fionn about it. Um, you know, she says it was during the time that we were having this problem with this other jealousy thing. It also coincides with around the time that she got pregnant with their kid, mm-hmm. um, which he asks her, like, is this child mine? And there's this this horrible fallout of that. And then we cut to, we don't really know how that resolves, but we cut to, obviously he's alone in the house and we have all these scenes of him. It's kind of haunting in a way because he's looking at her as if she's there and he can see her in the memory part of his grain, but she's not really there. So we intercut between reality and his memory of her being there. Also like memories of, of good things. And it's just, it's clear that she has gone and the child is gone. And then we end the episode with him cutting his grain out of his head really uh, uncomfortably. It makes makes you uncomfortable to watch it. And that's kind of the end of the episode, right? So we're left a little ambiguous as to what actually happens, but he has chosen to go off the grid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that okay mm-hmm. for the roundup of it? That's yeah. pretty good. Um, I will say that one thing that I missed, at the dinner party, there's an interesting interaction with 
uh, a woman there who winds up being the one night stand that <laughs> that Jonas winds up with, but she has had her grain stolen from her. I guess sort of one of these uh, you hear it about urban legends about somebody waking up in a bathtub with their kidney gone. Yeah, but someone has there's a market for these grains, and someone has cut it out of her head, and she everyone else is horrified, like, oh my god, how do you survive? How do you live without it? And she's actually feels free. She's actually really um happy about it i mm-hmm. guess but you can tell particularly this one person that works in the grain industry or whatever just looks down upon her as if she is uh not it's almost as if she sees her as like a poor person or mm-hmm. someone that's beneath her st- her status in life and um they talk about in that that little interaction they talk about the nature of memory and how memory is unreliable and you actually recreate memories every time you think of them up mm-hmm you know, everything that we've been taught in science class and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, and that, that juxtaposes with the grain, there is no ambiguity about it. It's all correct, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it overall, it really, it really does ask some interesting questions. Like what if we had this technology, mm-hmm. just the fact of like, how many times have you argued with somebody and you just want the argument to stop and you would love to be able to just rewind it and mm-hmm. replay what they said. You said this. Well, no, I didn't say that right. because in your mind, you didn't think you said that that way. But then the ability to rewind it and play it, even on a TV for someone else to see, which they do in the episode, um, it kind of makes this like it's almost impossible to argue with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I guess like the benefits to it are like it's um, at, they rewind the baby's grain to make sure that the like babysitter was taken care of her right and like it, you know if you forgot to do so you could prove things went the like you could prove you were somewhere that you were supposed to right. be and the, like i guess there are some benefits to it but uh, overall it's just terrifying yeah it, it is interesting that we start out with uh in a lawyer's office because there's obviously major implications to law and crime and proving someone did something. I guess mm-hmm. that might be one of the upsides of this thing is that you could prove that someone did, you know, was mm-hmm. innocent or not innocent. Also, though, they talk about, um, I forget what it, exactly they say, but they, he felt, Liam feels uncomfortable because the law office is asking him to deal with falsifying mm-hmm. The stuff I can't exactly remember, but it was something to do with with these memories that he he did not feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It was clear that he's not comfortable with it. He eventually says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I would do that." Um, but yeah. It, it, anyway, I'm talking. All, I, <laughs> this episode gives me anxiety now thinking about it. Doing the well, replay and, of it, and like it, I um, I feel like I replay things that I've said. Like if I feel like I was made a dumb comment at a party. I'll sit there and dwell on the fact that I made that dumb comment for the rest of the night. Like, I don't need to see that replayed. Like, or if the, I had the technology, would I just sit there and replay it and replay it and uh, replay it? I do it like, for the rest of my life. <laughs> There's things I said 10 years ago that I'm like, like... Did I make that person mad? Oh, oh, remember when I said that awkward thing and I put my foot in my mouth and I upset that person? I felt so bad about it. And there's no way to take that back because, like, yeah. they've been made... It's... Yeah, the, I think that's what made me uncomfortable, too, was that, man, what if we had this... It's interesting re-watching this episode because I think the first time you watch it, any Black Mirror episode, you're like, oh my gosh, like this technology is insane. And you're like hooked on 
like what what the technology is but going back and and re-watching an episode is like oh like this is these are some things that that are not going well yeah it's horrific it, i i think i've seen this three times the first two times i watched the episode did not hit me like the third time and i think eventually like i, I felt like i was uh watching it from afar the first two times and this time i felt like i was in it in a way that i was like i felt like i was liam or i was like fee or whatever Mm -hmm. like i felt like i was in that moment um yeah it definitely like affected me i was like i felt sick at the end almost like um so i have some things that i would like your thoughts on sure so um with liam it's hinted that liam has become paranoid like this one other time concerning a man named dan but Mm -hmm. we're never given any information prior or to privy that so i mean in your opinion do you think that he has a valid do you think his paranoia is valid do you think she's cheated before with dan and that's why he feels this way or I, is he out of line? I don't think that I don't think she cheated before. I think that it's not his fault that she cheats on him, but I think that she, he pushes her away from him in a way that makes it an because opportunity of his jealousy because of his jealousy. I mean, it's clear as established that this guy has some kind of jealousy problems. He's very immature in this. Um, mm-hmm. He is abusive to her several times emotionally and eventually physically to her in the episode. Mm-hmm. It is not okay the way that he treats her. On the other hand, she has behaved unethically to him. She has betrayed him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't justify his actions at all. But it is two broken people in a toxic situation mm-hmm. made more toxic by this technology and this like jealousy right. and all this stuff. But the, je- the the technology just enhances his jealousy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it yeah, it's very light. We don't really know what the it's lightly touched on with the Dan stuff. They just say, Dan, remember Dan and this and that. And we eventually going through all the Dan stuff. Yeah. He, he drives Dan away. Um, I think we've all probably been in a relationship before where someone <laughs> yeah. made us jealous. I think I've been both of the, these people in yeah. a relationship. Before. I think most people probably have, and you hope that you get to a point where you're mature enough to where you don't be like that. But it being on both sides of it is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, being the person that has somebody else who is constantly encroaching on your boundaries sucks and then also being the person that feels like you're being accused of things sucks mm-hmm. too um it's it's just a really sad episode it is mm-hmm. it's a bummer um and in this this family which clearly they are happy when they're happy it just destroys their whole family you know um, yeah and um but the did the technology destroy their family or did the emotions of jealousy destroy their family? I I mean, we have to blame, it's human behavior, it's human nature that destroys this, you know, like it's... And, it's aided by technology. Yeah, it's just amplified by this technology. It's like mm-hmm. truly, clearly like actually putting a magnifying glass on your relationship or whatever. Imagine every single detail of your relationship. You'd be able to rewind, look for clues, look for this, look for that. Mm-hmm. Some people would get lost in that and eventually just create a problem where it wasn't um but yeah it's just this episode's most interesting to me because of the consequences of this technology like what Mm -hmm. what would be and and like i said there's all these logical things if you take it out to there's ways to drill this down to where you're like well some of this doesn't make much sense or like how would this work but Mm -hmm. 
just taking it on face value based on what's presented in the episode. Um, um, so about the ending. Yeah. <clears throat> a couple questions. Sure. Is your interpretation <clears throat> that that Fee and the baby left, or do you think he harmed them? I have read this uh, opinion on the internet before. I guess there's some people that said he murdered them. Charlie Brooker has come out and said she just left with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she just leaves because I think that the way he remembers them is different than if he had harmed them. Mm-hmm. It's not like a it's not like a guilt over killing somebody. It's like a guilt over pushing someone away. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first time I watched it, I thought maybe he had harmed them, but upon the rewatch, when he's replaying, when it's switching between the memories and the current situation, there's like furniture missing. Like the couches are gone. They're so she's, like someone's items, moved out. Like it's like she yeah. took the things mm-hmm. she wanted and yeah. and left. I didn't notice that. Um, I mean, the other thing could be say that he's disposed of the stuff he got blood on or something. But yeah. I, I think that's I think that's reading too much into it. And like, um, the crib is in in their bedroom in the memories, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not. not yeah. In the... So she has let she has moved out. Mm-hmm. Which there's no coming back. There's a point in this where he pushes it to the point where it's like, well, there's no coming back from this. Is where mm-hmm. you're at. And so I also read something online as I was reading through things. It might have been in, um, I don't remember what it was in. I don't think it was the AV Club article. But so someone speculates that the very end of the episode after uh, Liam cuts the grain out, the screen goes black. Mm-hmm. And someone mentioned that at, at the dinner party, they asked the girl who had had her grain stolen if it affected her sight at all. And she said, no, everything healed fine. So apparently the grain is put somewhere like it has to do with your sight, with your eye, because when they replay the memory, something happens to their eye. Uh, okay. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. this theory on the Internet was that the screen goes black because um, Liam is actually not fortunate, that fortunate. And he actually like is blind hurts. It, it like damages his eyesight to take the grain out. I don't know if I really go with that. Yeah, but. I think that's a little too much. I mean, I guess you could say that then he doesn't see these things. Like, yeah. it is very, I, and I never noticed this in the other watches. It is, there are these really haunting, beautiful shots of him looking around their house, and we cut to outside his head, and we see that it's sad and there, things are gone, and then we cut back to the memory. But it's the, from the same angle. So mm-hmm. it's, it's as if he's literally seeing ghosts in his house. He's seeing these beautiful memories, but it's like seeing these ghosts. And then he, it it affects you when it cuts back to the empty room. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man, you feel empty um, along with him. So the other question that this brings up is if you delete your memories or take out your grain, does that mean you don't have any of those memories anymore? Like, is he just not supposed to remember Fionn at all? Or is it just the he takes it out because he doesn't want to rewatch it? I think that you, I think you would just go back to your normal memory because I think that the girl that had her or the woman that had her grain removed would have said, I can't remember anything from my mm-hmm. childhood or yeah. something like that. Like it, she doesn't act like it was a traumatic, mm-hmm. she act, surprisingly, she acts like it's not a traumatic experience, even though she was violently had it taken from her. Um, she seems yeah. surprisingly well adjusted. So I think it's, I think that you just, your brain goes back to normal, boring memory. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the one woman brings that up the one that works for the company, she's like, well, your actual memory is so unreliable. Like, how Mm -hmm. do you deal with that? Um, There is another potential question that I saw that, like, do you think that 
the baby is Liam's or do you think the baby was Jonas's? I don't know. Yeah, I think that Brooker came out and said that the baby was theirs. Because mm. I think if the baby isn't theirs, then you uh, you take away some of the stakes. If the baby Not theirs, but if the baby isn't Liam's, mm-hmm. you take away some of the consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. Because, like, because he has accused her of this thing, which she's guilty of or whatever, but because she, he has pushed her away in this way, he loses his child. Right. Which he has like accused of maybe not being his child. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, we don't know how old the baby is, and we don't know the timeline. Like we're not specifically told the timeline of. Well, he says eighteen months ago mm-hmm. is when the but eight. It did. Do they specifically say that the baby's eighteen months old? No, but the baby looks like it could be eighteen months old. I'm not an expert on babies, but <laughs> yeah. um, I think we're meant to have that ambiguity. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the int- other interesting thing is there's a lot of ambiguity in this episode. And the ironic part of that is that if we had the grain, we have this grain technology that's supposed to take ambiguity away. Mm-hmm. But as the viewer, with our normal memories and everything, we have this ambiguity of all this stuff. We don't know who Dan is. Right. We don't know what actually happened to Fee. Um, and, and they do an interesting job of... Uh, in a, to be an episode about memory, it it jumps in time, mm-hmm. and we black out in certain spots, kind of with Liam blacking out from being drunk. Yeah, that like it's kind of that's kind of an interesting texture to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Too. Would you Would you have a grain? No, <laughs> definitely not. I couldn't handle it. I don't want to remember every single thing. You know, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good memory and. This is kind of like on par. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Of like, what if you could, the opposite of it, I guess, is that mm-hmm. is about erasing, erasing memories. Um, yeah, what I would mean, you do, you know? It's interesting because people like watching Eternal Sunshine, people say they wouldn't, oh, I would never do that. Well, I absolutely would with certain situations in my life. I wouldn't think twice about it. I, I think, think so I'd I would be, too. Yeah. I think it'd be better off without those memories. So, like, but there are other points in time where it's like, beneficial because you could solve a crime or you could prove that mm-hmm. someone is lying or treasonous or well with all this stuff it's with technology it's like do the benefits double, outweigh the negatives yeah. and there's technology we could have now that we're have been regulated that we do not have it like mm-hmm. things with cloning and stuff like that because we don't know the 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 negative impact on society would be mm-hmm. too too much mm-hmm. would you have a grain i don't know I mean, you have an Apple Watch. <laughs> I do have a lot of, I mean, I do embrace a lot of technology and find it useful, but <clears> I think what, my, I don't think it would do my anxiety well. Like, I'd have to be a really not anxious person. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I would, like, just constantly replay things and did I do this right and this and that and this and that. Yeah. But, um, interestingly, this episode doesn't really deal with, whether you would or not have it though, mm-hmm. because it is shown to us that everybody, has you, one. everyone has one from birth. Now it sounds like it's maybe a decision, like a circumcision or something, where the parents get to decide mm-hmm. this like life changing mm-hmm. thing at birth. They kind of hint at that a little bit, mm-hmm. I think, but I don't know. I mean, maybe there are laws that you have to have one implanted in every child or something. Yeah, um, we don't really know the details of it. They also um, kind of deal with the repercussions when um, the one night stand 
uh, calls the police because they want her grain, a, a link to her grain feed. And she's like, I don't have a grain to figure out where they are. Yeah, and that's, so. that's kind of like where I think the police don't show up is I think she just gets frustrated and hangs up the mm-hmm. phone because she can't, pr- she can't describe. They don't understand that she doesn't have a grain. Mm-hmm. It's clear to that. So yeah, it's kind of a nice little detail. Um, one other thing I noticed in this that I t- could not find anything. I don't know if I've invented it, but I've heard that the color red is important in hmm. Black Mirror. And we have several shots of Liam kind of hiking his pants leg up, and we see these bright red socks um, throughout the party and other things. So I don't know if it has significance or not, or if I'm just imagining that. But I noticed that those socks were... Yeah. It they, they it seemed like they wanted us to see them. I don't know what they represent. Yeah. It'll be interesting it, as we watch the three other episodes to see if we can pick out if there's other red. red. Yeah. Um Interesting. Yeah. Well, do you have any other discussion stuff? I don't think so. Got some trivia? I do have some trivia. Okay. Um so when uh Armstrong made the deal to write this episode, uh, I think I got this off of IMDb. Okay. Um, he he asked to reserve the film rights uh, for the idea. So he okay. wrote it and then reserved the film rights. And then in February of 2013, it was reported that Robert Downey Jr. and George Clooney had bids wow. um, to the rights uh, with the intention of making a film adaptation. And um, Robert Downey Jr.'s company got the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, Armstrong planned to write the script. Um, and it was going to be more along the lines of, um, a man replaying the memories of his deceased wife and he learned some big secret from doing it. So similar to this, but not. Sounds like Memento, the movie Memento. Um, but as of 2018, the project is in development hell, basically. Um, no progress is made. But uh, Armstrong is still interested in the project. It's just mm-hmm. dead at the moment. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the conversation at the party includes a discussion about the unreliability of memories, like you're saying. And apparently, uh, I didn't pay close enough attention to this, but when the party memories are replayed, there are very subtle continuity errors between the original scene and the displayed memories. Oh, because when we're at the party, we're seeing it. From that person, from one, like... From the actual memory, or like, we're there, and we don't have a grain, mm-hmm. so it's like kind of representing the faultiness of But memory. also, if you watch two people's grains, you might pick up on different details. There might be subtle changes. Oh, right, yeah. Like, I think the first time we see the party scene is from um, a friend's grain, mm-hmm. and Fionn is in the background of that. Mm-hmm. And then when we see Fionn's grain, obviously she's the four, like, mm-hmm. so. Um, oh, that's that's yeah. a nice touch. Mm. Do you know anything about the memory wars? <sighs> no. The 1990s? I don't know, but apparently it was a thing. Um, it's about planted memories. Uh, so, like the notion that, oh, that something you happened plant. to you and you repressed it or mm-hmm. whatever, but also that someone could tell you that you repressed this thing and it's not mm-hmm. actually so something I think you remember. Yeah, the, the party conversation kind of uh, goes along those uh-huh. lines of, of that. So, hmm. Hmm. cool. Yeah, I guess it's referenced that the 
planted memories might exist. Yeah. Which I don't know that you could do with a grain. Yeah, no, I well I guess that's the debate. That's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what yeah. is how do they keep these things from being corrupted or mm-hmm. like altered that the, the security measures that would be required for this stuff so they wouldn't get hacked. You know, mm-hmm. we're the conceit of the episode is that they can't be hacked or something. Yeah. Like we're con- but th- that's a whole different thing that could be done, I guess, or mm-hmm. discovered or you know, we're also dealing with like these people who are in their thirties and this have had this their whole life. So did their parents have it or did their parents at age 25 go get the opportunity to get one? And that's when everybody got one. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly people started putting them in their babies. Well, it's like you with the smartphone. Uh, Right. Yeah. That's, I remember life before an iPhone. Right. You remember life before cell phones. Yeah. But there's generations that will that now that don't, have that, that can't yeah. so that we're dealing in this episode with a generation that doesn't know what it's like to not have this grain Cell thing in and, the world or like we we the kids that i teach don't know what it's like to not have a tablet and technology and yeah apps mm-hmm. and yeah. like so yeah it's 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 a it's, really interesting episode it makes me think a lot <laughs> made me uncomfortable this time but mm-hmm. it is my favorite one and i do think it's one of the best ones um well that being said what's your rating I'm going to give it a 10. I have to give it a 10. I mean, if I gave... So it's on par with Thanksgiving. It's on par with Thanksgiving. I mean, I think it is the best of the best of this. And there are other Black Mirror episodes I would probably give 10 to as Mm -hmm. well that we will get to, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a perfect score. I I have no qualm with it. The acting's great. Mm -hmm. The writing's great. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, Yeah. Um, So in... uh... 2018, I made a post on Facebook about my top five Black Mirror episodes, uh-huh. and this was number four for oh, me. Okay. Four out of five. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna rate it a nine. Okay. I do agree with you. I think it's there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. but my basis of rating is it's not my favorite, so it will not have like a ten. Mm-hmm. I know you your basis is more like technical wise, and I'm just overall quality and and the, the but know. I um it's super haunting. Mm-hmm. but it's not my favorite and i i therefore i'm not gonna give it a perfect score yeah i mean the only criticism i could level, level at it is i'm not sure that we're made to <coughs> judge his abusive behavior harshly mm-hmm. enough like we kind of presented him as this tragic character but he yeah. is an asshole you know, no, he he's does, not in the right with many, many of the things he does. No, and and I don't I don't think they glorify him. There's no point where we're like, yay, we want right. him to just succeed. But there, there, you know, it is it is a little bit like I did have that moment of like, wow, this guy's really abusive, and I never really noticed how abusive mm-hmm. he is. Um, yeah, but yeah, his actions aren't they're not to be condoned, but no. there are reasons that they're happening. They, they yeah, and and he can be an asshole and it still be tragic that this, mm-hmm. this all plays out this way. So, even though a lot of it is stuff that he created himself. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's a good episode. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. What are we doing next? All right. So I chose the next episode completely randomly and I don't remember anything about it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to watch men against fire. Um, it's a season three, episode five. Okay, so um, season three, episode five of Black yeah, Mirror. So Men it'll Fire. be from when Netflix picked it up. 
Yeah, this is one of the newer because the first two seasons was mm-hmm. original, and then there's a gap in time where they didn't make any for a long time, and then that then Netflix started making regular episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and this is not my favorite episode, but I wasn't ready to watch my favorite episode yet. Um, so that'll come at a later time. But this one, I this one actually I don't think many people like, so it'll be an interesting. Okay. I don't remember it based on the title. Yeah, I don't so, either. And I've seen all of them. Um, so. It'll be interesting to compare with this one, which does rank very highly on lists of, mm-hmm. of episodes to watch. And yeah. so um, I do believe it It deals with military technology. So oh, okay. a little yeah. bit like gotcha. outside the realm of yeah. a civilian, what we would encounter. But I mean, I'm down to compare yeah even if i mean we don't always want to do the best episodes we did the fugitive and it wasn't great yeah, so. <laughs> right. uh also pro tip for those of you who have family members that haven't seen black mirror or friends uh don't let them watch episode one of the series first i think it's one of the weakest episodes it's fine it's good but it, it also isn't very representative of the whole technology thing very well yeah i haven't seen i've um, never seen episode one because you yeah, told me specifically yeah. not to watch episode one first yeah and so it, i don't think i've ever seen it it's very polarizing. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, there's a lot of people I know that's watched the first episode and were like, nah, I'm not going to watch the rest mm-hmm. of that. So I would say watch one of these other ones, maybe one of the shorter ones, not one of the full length, like hour and a half ones or whatever. But I mean, yeah. I think they're all, no, none of them is like long, shorter than like 45 minutes. Is it really? Okay. I, I thought some of the Netflix ones were like I don't know, maybe. closer to a half an hour, but I might be missing. But, but I mean, some of those original ones are like an hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. long, I think. And then, so, cause they were kind of presented as almost like specials, I guess on, yeah. cause the, the way English TV works is very different from mm-hmm. us. Like, yeah, but, um, all right. So, cool. uh, next week, men against fire season three, episode five available on Netflix. Okay, uh, you can email us, dimensionsofimagination at gmail.com, uh, or on our. you can find us on Twitter, DOI Podcast. We haven't tweeted a single thing. No, nah, but you can find us there. But I did follow somebody. I followed oh. the Twilight Zone. Okay, good, good idea. <laughs> so yeah, we, we might officially following one try to get a profile picture on there, too. Yeah, I'm not good um, on Twitter. Yeah. But I actively avoid it, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Speaking of horrific technology that shouldn't exist, <laughs> Twitter. Um, okay, well, thanks for listening. And uh, w- remember, we will be on the Black Mirror episodes for about four episodes. So we'll have three more after this, and then we will choose another anthology series to move on to. So thanks for listening, and we're out. Bye.